Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is brought to you by these great Saskatoon businesses. Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street. Dragon's Den Games on 8th Street. MrDiceGuy.com and Breakout Escape Rooms on Faithful Avenue. Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. I'm your host, Norm. I'm Ryan. I'm Ian. And on this episode, I'll be talking about Great Western Trail. And our matey, I'm going to be talking about Maracaibo. <laughs> Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by... Amazing Stories Comics on 8th Street in Saskatoon. They are the winner of the Joe Schuster Award for Best Comic Book Store in Canada, and they were also nominated in 2016 for the U.S. Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award presented at Comic-Con. Amazing Stories' amazing collection of comic books, board games, puzzles, and collectibles can be found in their store or on their new online website. Welcome back to Cardboard Conjecture. We are going straight into thinking, doing, playing board games. Ryan, start us up. Or Ian. Doesn't matter to me. No, 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 do Ian. I want to hear what he has to say. (laughs) Oh, yes. Okay. Okay. All right, here we go. Get ready for this. It's rant time. Okay, so I'm going to talk a little bit about game names, because there's been a big, uh, big news story lately about, well, not a, a big board game related news story. It's not like oh, CNN oh. is covering it or anything, but about uh, Queen Games coming out with the Steffenfeld collection, and we had, me and Ryan had been talking about this, and, and we saw that, hey, they made, they reprinted Bruges. Well, we both, we like Bruges, I like Bruges, but they called it was it hamburg hamburg yep they decided oh we're gonna name it hamburg now okay so (laughs) i guess just it's fine that we just change the names of things it already existed as this but now we're gonna call it this so that made me think about board game names in general and i don't know why but i just get caught up on this kind of little stuff and I decided I'm going to come up with my rules for naming games in case anybody cares for my opinion, which I'm sure nobody does. I do. (laughs) I'm interested. So I came up with a few rules for naming games. And I'm also going to give some offenders against this rule that really bug me. Cool. (laughs) Some hand slapping. Yay. Okay. Now the first rule, and I know I'm definitely in the minority here, but that's okay. (laughs) subtitles should be used sparingly if at all (laughs) i actually think that subtitles should only be used in sequels like ticket to ride europe or expansions of course it makes sense for something like expansions otherwise they are not needed and all they do is make your game name convoluted some bad offenders for this (laughs) one of the worst named games i've ever heard is kingdom death monster it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> What's a kingdom death monster? What is that? Well, no, it's kingdom death colon monster. Well, just having <laughs> monster as a subtitle 
what? <laughs> it's dumb. The one that really bugs me is a game that I actually really, really like. It's Deception, Murder in Hong Kong. <laughs> well, let's break this down. If you just call a game Deception, well, that is overly general, right? That could be about anything. And it probably could have been taken already. Yeah. <laughs> if you call the game Murder in Hong Kong, that's a good name. Murder in Hong Kong is a great name. It tells you, oh, we're dealing with the murder in Hong Kong. And that's what the game is about. You're trying to solve a murder. Makes sense. All right. So just call it Murder in Hong Kong. <laughs> Why give it? Now it's just a subtitle. The real actual good title is now just a subtitle. Subtitles. Don't use them. They're not necessary. What do you guys think? How about how about um, Zolkin, the Mayan calendar? Yeah, just Zolkin. That's all you need. That's all I say. That's all you need. Robinson Crusoe, adventures was that adventures on the cursed island. <laughs> Sounds all like you're doing is making it longer. Yeah. Mom, I think I'm. I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Like if you can't give, like I mean, you don't see too many song titles have like you know three sentences afterwards no i get it i, I don't even like it when movies do it honestly either <laughs> okay rule number two new editions are not new games so please don't reference the fact that it's a new edition into the name of the game <laughs> i know which one you're talking about here <laughs> here are some examples yes. the new edition of eclipse is called eclipse what is it called again second dawn Second dawn of a whatever. No. So they break or, two rules already. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> also, right. what is it? CO2, the, the game that we are having second troubles chance. with in our last uh, episode. A second chance. Yeah. Well, now, where's where was the first? Why don't I have CO2 the first chance in my collection? Where, why don't oh, right. well, now we're back to this? I've got from? the first chance. I think Ryan has a second chance. So you got a chance at playing either of them. <laughs> High Frontier is a game that's supposed to be very, very complicated, and a lot of people rave about it. The new edition, which is the They're fourth sadists. edition, they decided to call High Frontier for all. What? <laughs> Terrible. But probably the worst board game name I have ever heard comes from this category. Have you guys ever heard of Factory Fun? It's an old, old gold oh, game. Maybe. It's like, I, I don't know. I've never played it, but it's an old game. But they decided with their new edition, they actually called the game Factory Funner. <laughs> <laughs> Which might be the worst game name I've ever heard. <laughs> Not only are you breaking a grammatical... <laughs> thing that you just don't yeah, do it's brutal so there we go do not refer to new editions in the game title that's awesome yeah i i i'm on with you with that one uh rule number three do not reference the game mechanics in the title this one might be a little bit more controversial an example is role player or dice throne I don't oh. want the components or the actual game mechanisms in the name of the game. I think I'm probably alone on that one, but that's interesting. I never would have thought about that one. 
It drives me nuts. I don't like it. But do do do, do you like it when they when they throw in like the dice game or the Not card really. game? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I I understand that that's necessary. Or even just like they just refer to it as like something something the board game. Yeah, that drives me crazy. <laughs> that's like for movies too. It's like the Muppet movie. I don't know. <laughs> don't, don't do that. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. And I guess I have to throw in the fourth one is don't change the names of games. If a game is a game, it's a game. It has a name. Don't change the name of the game. There we go. Rant over. That was very hey. Dennis Miller rant like. <laughs> I was loving it. Cool. It was awesome. I just think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't like, sometimes I think board game names get a little convoluted. If you have a nice, simple, easy board game, they're first to what it is, and you're good to go. Keep Underwater Cities? I know what that's about. <laughs> and it's a pretty straightforward name. Root. <laughs> cool. Okay. Um, uh, I had a chance to, uh, to one of my favorite pastimes is drinking coffee. If everybody knows me, um, uh, and I've been referred to many times as a coffee snob. Yes, I have. Um, so, uh, it comes with great pleasure that I, uh, that I tell you about coffee roaster. Good name. Good designed name. by, uh, Sashi. I think I got it. And published by Stronghold Games. Uh, this is a one person game. Uh, what it's about is you're a coffee roaster who's trying to make the perfect cup of coffee, uh, roasting the beans, adding and removing flavor and uh, bad beans. Uh, how long you do, uh, how long you keep roasting um, the beans, making sure to have the finest flavor. Uh, you're on the razor's edge of not burning the beans, but trying to get the maximum amount of uh, flavor points kind of thing. Uh, then comes the testing and scoring of your cup of coffee. Uh, depending on how you've strategically roasted your coffee, you may have some options to heighten and maximize the tasting process. How is, uh, so I just talked to you about theme. How is all of this done? This fantastic game and stressful is a bag builder um, where depending on the coffee orders you selected at the beginning of the game that you have to fulfill, you know, type, type, different types of country coffees, uh, so on and so forth, and different uh, uh, flavor range points that you're trying to get. Um, uh, so you select uh, these orders, and you fill your bags with tokens that represent the raw coffee beans, uh, the flavor, the water, maybe sometimes you have some bad burnt beans in there. Um, and uh, each round is sort of like the time the, the, the beans are spent in the roaster. So each round, you uh, dig a certain amount of, of, uh, of coffee beans out of the bag and you basically go through an aging process and you age these beans and then you take some beans out to replace them with other flavor beans and there's a cool kind of, the flavor uh, um, uh, tokens represent different actions that you can take on how to manipulate these beans in this process. Um, so you're, it's, your, it's your typical bag builder. You're putting, you're, you're taking out you're modifying, you're putting back in. Um, sometimes you're emptying beans and you're thinning down that bag so that you know what's in there. You're trying to remove a whole lot of bad chaff that's in there. Um, each round you draw from the bag, you make your edits and changes, then continue the rounds, upgrade. So you're pushing your luck because each round 
the numbers of, of roasted beans in this bag increases and the, the coffee order that you're trying to, to hit has a certain number that once you pull out the certain amount of beans for your tasting, you're trying to hit that target number. And man, is, there's like some, there's some tense moments in this game. Um, it's one of my top bag builders that I love to play. Uh, this was originally, um, I, 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 it's a game from, from, the, from Asia. I know that for sure. I don't know if it was Japan or North Korea or uh, um, you know, what kind of title, but I know it was from, uh, from uh, uh, Asia. Um, and a lot of these games are coming over that have these really cool themes. Um, I believe the same designer built, uh, designed a game about standing in line in front of elevators, <laughs> right? And it was, it was like sold out all over the place. So this is Coffee Roaster, um, Stronghold Games, designed by Sashi. I don't know if you guys have ever played this at all. Is it strictly solitaire? It's a strictly solitaire game. And it plays, it, you've got three phases. You got your, you know, depending on uh, your first phase, it kind of like a tech tree. If you did very well, you get to go into this next order phase. If you did very well, you get to go into this next order phase. And it gives you different powers and different abilities. And yeah, I know it's a great game. It's, it's one, like I said, it's, it's if someone was to say, uh, you know, if I, if I say myself, oh, if, do I want to play Orléans? solo game or do I want to play coffee roaster solo game? Boom. I'm on coffee roaster. Hmm. It's fast. It's quick setup. Um, and it, uh, all the choices are so good. And I, and the best thing about a solo game, I, it, I get trashed on a regular basis. I suck at this game sometimes. <laughs> right. But it's that, it's that adrenaline push your luck. I think is so much fun. Yeah. Nice. So once again, if you guys ever want to borrow it, it's available. Cool. Cool. Yeah, I like see, the I seen it. I've seen it on the shelf a few times. Picked it up and read it about it a couple of times, but I've got a lot of other solo games. That <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I mean. You can borrow it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool. And Ryan, what do you got going on, man? Well, I, people might know from the in intro that we're kind of on an Alexander Fister um, kick <laughs> with our reviews here with Great Western Trail Mark Archivo today. Um, so, uh, actually this past weekend, um, Jen and I, um, played some of his other games, um, just cause I was like, you know what, we're, we're doing great Western trail markup. I'm going to play some other games. Like we played, um, we played Port Royal, we played, um, Isle of Sky. And then we also played this other one that oh, I always forget how, how much I actually enjoy this game. It's broom service. And it yeah. was the, uh, 2015 Kenner spiel, the Jarez. A winner and really all you're doing in this game is you're just moving some witches across the board and dropping off potions to collect victory points which i don't know it's kind of a unique kind of a neat theme but what really i like about this game and i don't know if you got if either of you have played this one but it, there's a really unique um, action selection mechanism here where every player has the same set of 10 cards Mm -hmm. And what you do on a round is you pick four of those 10 cards to play. And uh, every card comes with a cowardly action and a brave action. And so when I say I have the fruit gathering card, which is just kind of a resource gathering type of card, I can say I am the cowardly fruit gatherer. And then I just actually just get to do that action. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. 
the minor but, action kind of thing. Yeah. But if I get to, but if I claim that I'm the brave fruit gatherer, well, now we got to go around the table, and if anybody else has a fruit gatherer card, they can play and say, "No, I am the yeah. brave fruit gatherer," and now I don't get to do anything. Ooh, and right, they, that. that's right. Yeah, and, yeah. They, and they and then they get um, kind of like Trump on the action, and the, but it keeps going around the table, as in saying, um, "No, maybe the last person." <laughs> that's sitting to my right says, no, actually I'm the brave fruit gatherer. Now no one got to take the action except for them. It's kind of really, really neat. So you got to really pay attention to what your opponents, uh, where your opponents are on the board and what resources your opponents have. Cause that's going to give you some possible insight on what cards they might select yeah. for their future, for their future actions. So they could possibly either rob you of your actions. If you want to be brave or there's another thing, um, I might have my four cards picked out and I want to play them in this exact order, but somebody's going to say, <laughs> somebody's going to say the weather fairy. And I don't want to play the weather fairy until the, my last card. But as soon as they say it, I have to take that action now at, around the table. So they could totally mess up your, your program that you kind of created cool. in your mind. But uh, yeah, that's, that's heartbreaking when somebody <laughs> robs you of your action or they totally mess up your plan. Like, I want the major reward. You don't get anything now. Yeah. So uh, broom service, it, it's, it's definitely on the lighter end of like of Alexander Fister's um, more recent titles. It was an award winner too, wasn't it? But it was an, it was the Kenner Spiel award yeah. winner for 2015. And then in 2016, uh, Isle of Sky oh, won yes. the Kenner Spiel. So um yeah, no, some of these earlier, uh, lighter titles, these more family weight, me, I don't know, this is kind of like more of like a medium type type deal. It's really, really good. I highly recommend Broom Service to, okay. to a lot of, and it, and it was, it was a re-implementation of, I think, another game called Witch's Brew. All right. There's an earlier edition. So they changed yeah. the name, Ian. Uh. <laughs> This episode of Cardboard Conjecture is proudly sponsored by Dragon's Den Games, located in the Louis VIII Mall on H Street in Saskatoon. Swing by Dragon's Den Games and let Darren, Al, and the awesome staff help you out in search for great board games, role-playing games, miniature systems, and all of the related accessories. Be a part of their gaming communities that have scheduled events in their great gaming area. Dragon's Den Games, Louis VIII Mall on 8th Street in Saskatoon. And we are back. This is Cardboard Conjecture, and this is time for the reviews. Uh, we are, like Ryan said, we are in the Alexander Fister mood today. Um, and uh, it's time. I'm going to start us off with some... Uh, I'm not even going to try and get thematic with the sounds here, because I was going to be all, yeah, right? But I just did it. Oh no! We're gonna do that. There, there's a snake in my boots. There's a rattlesnake in my boot. Um, uh, Great Western Trail by Alexander Fister, published by uh, Eggert Spiel and Stronghold. Uh, two to four players. The sweet spot, in my opinion, is two or three players. Uh, it plays anywhere from an hour and a bit to three hours. And if you even dare go four players, be prepared for a long game. Uh, the BB, the BBG, the BGG scales it at a medium heavy game. And I quite in agreement with that. It can get, and it, 
And it passes my naming rules. And it so passes, we're good to go. Yeah, there we go. True. Uh, the nuts and bolts of this. So um, let's see. The nuts and bolts is America in the 19th century. You are a rancher and repeatedly herd your cattle from Texas to Kansas City, where you send them off by train. This earns you money and victory points. Needless to say, each time you arrive in Kansas City, you want to have your most valuable cattle in tow. However, the Great Western Trail not only requires that you keep your herd in good shape, but also that you wisely use the various buildings along the trail. Also, it might be a good idea to hire capable staff, cowboys to improve your herd, craftsmen to build your very own buildings, or engineers for the important railroad line. If you cleverly manage your herd and navigate the opportunities and pitfalls of Great Western Trail, you surely will gain the most victory points and win the game. Wasn't that beautiful? That's the most wins the game. The most, yeah. Like the, it's, it's different. It's different. So the go through, like it was said, it's a cattle herding game based on Rondell track driven by a deck building set collecting hand management point to point movement system. That was a lot in one breath. There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of things going on. But like I said, my opinion, this is a Rondell track kind of game with a lot of stuff hooked up to it. Um, your cards are the cattle in this game and the commodity that run this beautiful engine. Um, uh, you sprinkle in the idea of this worker-ish placement on uh, public buildings or buildings that you build, depending on the labor pool that is available to you and like all good euros, can you afford these workers to hire? Let's continue with the labor pool. You can hire cowboys that work your cattle engine and power up your ability to purchase cattle at greater value and victory points for those cattle at the end of the game. You can hire carpenters that help you build your own buildings that offer special actions only to you and sometimes cause a cost to other players to pass. I have been brutalized many times by having to pay a toll by other people's buildings. Um, uh, you can hire an engineer who works with you on your ability to move your cattle down the track for deliveries once they have reached Kansas City. And as in all good euros, the higher up the track you go, the bonus victory points you may gain. So everything wow. is max out those tracks. Try to get, try to push those meters into the red. Um, trains, did someone say another mechanism? This is the connection. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Uh, with your engineer, as well as delivering your herd to Kansas City, your cattle must have value. And upgrading the value of your herd is done along the cattle trail to Kansas City. Upon delivery and the valuing of your herd, you deliver the cattle down the line to several destinations that grant positive and negative bonuses. I have flourished in the negative bonus category. <laughs> bad cattle herds um, by moving your train on the track and advancing the power of your ability to make great delivery greater deliveries you uh, as as in like i said most good euros you can get more victory points as much as you push this meter down the line your buildings along the trail while moving your cattle down the trail you have to stop at several destinations to take advantage of hiring, hiring more staff getting carpenters to work going to cattle auctions this worker-ish placement is sometimes a race sometimes um like in the game that, uh, that ryan might mention sometimes people step on the gas a little too hard and advance the game a little too fast so you got it 
clutter the board with some buildings. Um, these buildings also add to this idea of uh, variable player powers because you are basically starting to buff up your cattle driving ability different than the others at the table. And when the game, uh, and when the end of game condition is triggered, the winner with the most VPs wins the game, like all good euros. So the opinions now, the outside inside, <laughs> this is, first I'm gonna start off with the biggest flaw, but then the rest of the game is beautiful. Um, it's a ticket, to, a ticket to ride size box with the strangest and scariest mannequin-like people that would give you scary dreams. It's crossed between Yule Brenner and a bulldog. Yeah, the uh, the box <laughs> cover art is, <laughs> I'll say, unique. Yeah, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah. The you're not you're not buying this game on the box art. No, no, you're not. No, you're not. You, you just kind of if you squint, you just kind of can blur blur it out a little bit. But uh, yeah, yeah. Cross between your old Brenner and a bulldog. That's pretty much the the uh, <laughs> the charisma of those three individuals. Mm. Oh um, yeah, no. Oh, I never really <laughs> paid attention to that before. There we go. Boy, the bearded yeah. guy is just frightening. See, you're gonna have scary dreams now, oh, man. Dear. You should don't look at it. Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary. Yep. This um, this one this this box is laying flat. Oh yeah. On my on my <laughs> shelf so that you you're can't just, see. It. You're edging it, man. There's no there's no showing off the artwork on this one. And I don't. I'm sorry to the artist. I don't mean to demean you, but it, yeah, I, bad dreams. Um, the, the excellent cardboard components, the cards are, yeah, you know, I have zero complaints about the components, just standard Euro goodness. Uh, the rule book. Well, let's talk about, um, it's not easy to get through. Uh, there's a lot of finicky fringe rule cases that are hard. They just, it's sort of like, you know, one question is answered in an example bubble on the other page, but then you have to sometimes go back and reread that initial sentence and think, did they mean this? And if they meant this, then that rule makes sense. But if it doesn't, so I had to go to BGG. I went to the forums. No, I, no I, I, I agree because um, we played this the other night and I had to look up some <laughs> rules. And you've probably and played it, it several times too. And it, it's a mess. It jumps, it jumps oh, all yeah. over the place. And I was oh, like, yeah. it has not, it has no logical flow. It's like a cognitive Jackson Pollock painting. <laughs> it's all there, but it's all scattered all over the place, right? Yeah, where I, yeah, where I thought I was going to find this one particular rule, it was not where I was supposed, right? where I thought I was supposed to be looking. Right? Oh, but if you could get past that, and you can get it in the, into the head and you, and you get past the, I like to refer to it as the, oh, by the way moments. Like, oh, by the way, I forgot this. You, we got to back up a bit. You need to get this and this and this, right? If you can get past all those, it's awesome, right? The game system, the game style all work for me. The theme integrates well with the mechanisms. And depending on the way you look at it, it can be a race game, a rondelle game, a resource management game, a deck building game, blah, 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 blah. But as far as the unique mechanisms, there's nothing really kind of groundbreaking, but I would here I say I would say that the integration of so many sub mechanisms to create a vibrant system is what I think is unique about this game, right? It's it's a rondelle transmission with a whole lot of peripheries hooked up to this thing, and it and and it hums nice if you get it humming properly. Um, 
So the game mechanisms, once this works, allow the theme to play out extremely well in this game, right? Once you can get this all cylinders humming perfectly. Uh, my conclusion, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, overlooking the, 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 the rule thing, um, for me, it's top shelf game. Um, and I'm just talking about the base game. I haven't even gotten into the expansion yet. I, I'm a big fan of the expansion, but Ryan and I were talking about it and it's like sometimes it's i mean you don't need this expansion the base game is awesome on its own there's so much variability you can start up in different places you can put the the public buildings in different orientations um you 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 don't even need the expansion to have fun with this game uh it's a great example of a modern euro one of my one of my favorite games without question if someone says hey let's play great western trail and i i want to play something else done i that other game set aside i'll happily play this game um, solid game, solid designer, solid reputation. That's Great Western Trail, Alexander Fister. Yeah, I, I think you're you nailed it too. That this is a it's a it's a blend of a bunch of like non unique things. Like it's got deck building. I have deck builders. Um, point to point movement. I've got other games that I have to go around around Dell and point to point movement. Oh, there's other things where. Um, it's got player boards that you can upgrade and unlock new set actions. collecting. I got, I got, I got things. Set <laughs> yeah. But you nailed it that. Yeah. That he integrates those things so it's well fusion, into one, yeah. one, to one package. Beautiful buffet. Ian, yeah. are you a great Western trail? Heard him up. I think I played it once a long time ago. And what's your conjecture? I don't remember a lot. Is that a I good do, thing or a bad thing, though? I do remember I liked the cow card collecting, but that's all I remember. <laughs> all right. Yeah, it, no, was, it wasn't moving. I would like to play it again. I will say that. Yeah, because there's, there's a lot of people that'll say that um, as a begin, I always kind of tend as a beginner. Yeah. I would. I always. I always say go the collect the cattle. Mm-hmm. strategy because mm-hmm. yeah. it, 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 it's very it's very viable you do get a lot of points and a lot of potential of making later deliveries there's so many people who go oh yeah the you know cattle strategy and and, uh, and every time i play i mean this is one of those games i like so much that i'll play i'll try the broken i'll try the stuff that people say oh don't do this one it'll never work for you i'm, I'm gonna try that and yep. i'm gonna like try I, and- I just played a game whereas i've never won using the engineer strategy yeah. pushing my train down the track yeah. i did it this time yeah and, it was and all, fun. Of a sudden you, all of a sudden things in your brain opened up and went wait wait this oh, this wait. and this connect and this and oh i should start dumping cards now now if your train's down the track that whole kind of uh, um uh, extra actions about well if i move my train back i can dump ca- i can thin my deck right so yeah. now the train itself becomes a resource commodity. And there's more personal buildings that can possibly help you push your train down. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. No, That's it's, it's got, I like it. I like it. It's got, it's got, a, it's got a good mix of, um, of all, all these little, of all these little things. Yeah. I, and I don't, I mean, cause it's, it's, it's pushing, it's not heavy, but it's pushing on the heavy side. I wouldn't recommend. Oh no, yeah, it, it's a com- unless- it's a complex game. Oh yeah, I wouldn't go four players unless all these players were none of them had you know analysis paralysis because that would be a long game. And they do can they can get pretty long, right? Like I've seen them yeah. played at conventions and things, and 
Yeah, those four player games yeah. are are pushing like yeah. the three and a half hour to four hour. Two players fine sometimes, right? Because it's like a chess thing, and you just, and it turns into a race. Three player, that's when I think three player for me is the favorite because it's not long. You have enough going on on the board and enough people in your way and enough people causing some chaos that that you can start having fun with your hand and building your deck and the buildings and the trains and yeah this episode is proudly supported by the amazing team at breakout escape and board game lounge from right here in saskatoon using industry leading technology Breakout Escapes escape rooms are all 100% uniquely designed by the team, ensuring their patrons have maximum fun while staying safe. As well, they are a fully licensed board game lounge with over 400 titles to select from to ensure fun for every gamer new and experienced. Be sure to check them out at BreakoutSask.com. At Breakout Escapes and Game Lounge, they believe that life is more fun when you play games. Ryan. You got us some more Alexander Fister. What'd be going on? Yeah, so I'm going to talk about his 2019 release, which uh, was published here in North America by Capstone Games. And I'm going to be talking about Maracaibo. And this one's playing one to four players. And they're saying it takes roughly 90 minutes to two hours, which is, I think, once you know the game, I think you're, yeah, you're probably, you're probably hitting that that mark with the, the the two to three players once you know the game uh, i'll get into that okay so maracaibo that i got the little rule book thing here so the caribbean in the 17th century various european nations vie for supremacy and try to improve their economic and political standings in the region you are seafarers and adventurers who spend your days trying to increase your own standing amongst these countries to improve your networks and of course obtain some fame and fortune. Doing so is a lot of work since the competition isn't taking any days off. Only if you manage to pull your plans off without a hitch will victory be within your grasp. There are different strategies to follow. You could upgrade your boat to a mighty ship, win sword fights, go on raids, set up a network of minions and informants, raise an expedition, and possibly more. There, but be careful, you will need to plan your actions carefully. The end of a round can come sooner than you want. Okay, so Maracaibo, uh, much like what Norm just talked about with Great Western Trail, Maracaibo is a complex game with a lot of very interconnected moving pieces. Uh, the key to this game is to try to be able to find synergies and combos amongst the, the very basic actions and uh, to score you the optimal amount of victory points. Ian, I, th I think this one is the most victory points wins. Okay, I hope so. <laughs> um, so uh, these very basic actions, like I mentioned, uh, revolve around this main mechanic of which you're going to move your boat around this board. And on your turn, this is kind of crazy, you get to move your boat one to seven spaces. That, that, I thought that was always a kind of a unique number, like how fast you can actually move your boat along this track and then when you, you actually end up really being thankful for that choice when you play it right <laughs> did you find that yeah like I, some, sometimes i'm like yeah okay i want to move six spaces but sometimes yeah. i only want to move four yeah so it actually it actually becomes quite a a, a pretty good feature of the game i think i like it 
Yeah. So when, after you've moved your spaces, you're going to stop. And like, I like this, you're going to stop in one of two different types of spots. You're going to stop in a city or you're going to stop in a village. Um, when, when you stop in a city, um, you can make a delivery, which um, each city location has a limited number of delivery spots that you can make depicting a certain type of good. And you got a hand of cards and part of the information of those cards is um, a little good symbol. So you can discard that good to make a delivery uh, to this particular city. And what are you doing when you make a delivery is what you're going to be doing is you're going to be upgrading your ship by taking these little round discs off your ship and possibly hopefully trying to unlock some different actions or bonus actions or victory points or something along the lines of after, as you're upgrading your ship. Um, but if regardless, if you've made a delivery at this city, you get to take the, the city action and there's a, bunch of different city actions that you that you can possibly uh, take. Uh, the second thing that you can stop in is you can stop in a village. And while you're in a village, you can do um, one to three things. Uh, depending on how many uh, movement spaces you took to get to that village, you get to either take one, two, or three village actions. And a village action is buy a card. So get to play a card from your hand or your reserve space. Um, you can gain a, a, a dollar, or I guess what in this case, they're the blooms. Um, or you can discard your entire hand to gain two to blooms. Uh, and, but you can gain better and different village actions by unlocking them off your player board. But those are the three basic ones that everybody has at the very beginning. Um, also at these village spots, you could possibly have an assistant. Um, so one of those cards you played could have possibly placed an assistant in that location that could give you uh, a personal action spot at, at that location that you can, that you can take. Um, also at these village locations, you could also have a quest tile and that's just easy. Uh, there's a couple icons on the quest tile that if you have them on your card or cards, uh, you can discard them and then you get to fulfill the quest and get whatever the bonus that says on that quest. I like the assistant thing. I thought that that was a really interesting idea where you can put a person in a specific spot on the board. And then every time you visit that, you get bonuses. Yeah. I thought that right. was really cool because it gives you like something to look forward to your next time around the board. And yeah. And you are the only person that can use yeah. that, that you've got your own space. Now it's kind of like great Western trail too. You can build buildings onto the great on the, and then you, personally benefit from those buildings um but here that they, they don't clog up the trail like in great western trail they just are there and you can stop there yeah but um now like i said there's a, there's a lot going on in this game i'm not going to be able to hit everything uh but there's three major things that i want to be able to kind of like uh highlight as you what you're going to try to accomplish during gameplay the big one that people are going to draw attention to is creating the tableau of cards. You're kind of like these people that you are hiring as part of your crew. Um, and you're hopefully that these, these crew members and these cards synergize together to create, you know, um, money or uh, money income or victory points income or assistant actions or um, improve the efficiency of other actions you're going to be taking. That's what these crew cards are going to be doing. That's that's kind of like the big, that's the heart of this game is building a tableau of, of, of these crew members. Um, one type of action you'll encounter is to go exploring. There's a whole explore track at the bottom of the board. 
and uh, you can move your meeple along there as long as you take a explore um, action. And what you're going to get here is you're going to get money or victory points or quests or other some sort of other goodies. There, there's some good bonuses here, so you can't. I don't think you can completely ignore the exploration track, um, but there are strategies in this game where you don't have to push yourself very far and still be able to do well in this game. But there are some good things with doing some exploring. Uh, and then lastly, there's the big thing is that there's this combat action. And this is kind of like one that I, like when you hear combat, like you mean, oh, we're gonna fight. Well, that's not what this game is combat is. It's combat is you're going to be pledging allegiance to a one of the countries, England, Spain, or France, and you're gonna fight on their behalf. And what they're going to do is possibly um, conquer or take over a section or a location on the board. Um, the bottom line is what you're gonna be doing also with these combat is you're gonna be gaining influence. Whoever you choose to fight for, you're gonna gain influence in that particular country. And the more presence you have and the more um, locations that they've taken over on the board equal, are gonna equal big points for you at the end of the game. This is one thing that I highlight to, to players um, that you don't want to ignore these influence tracks. You're probably going to want to probably push up at least two of those tracks to try to be competitive in the end of game scoring process. And now there's a lot more. There, there, there's so much more to this game. It's com it's complex. There's lots of different things, but I think those are, to me, those are the big those are the big ones that are happening um, in this game. Would you agree with that, Ian? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Okay, so let's go with the uh, the opinion. So, like Great Western Trail, this is boxed in your uh, standard size Euro big box. The, the we always call it the ticket to ride size box. Uh, so it fits nicely with all my other big box Euro games, which I kind of I always kind of like. Um, here we go again with the art. We're not really big fans of the art this 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 episode, but uh, um, at the end of the day, you're not going to be ranting and raving about the art in this game it, it it's a very typical euro art is fine um it fits the theme great um but it's not the it's not the talking point that i'm going to be for for, for this particular game it's it's just okay uh, the box cover doesn't really jump out at you on the uh on on the shelf it's kind of got the, the big the big ship's wheel and little kind of pieces of the caribbean in the background it, it's okay in my in my opinion. It's not the same cool looking people as Great Western Trail. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to get nightmares looking at this one. I do like the uh, color palette though. It's nice bright colors that that work. Yeah, like I said, it, it's fine. It's just it matches it's not the jumping theme. at me. Yeah, it's not the jumping theme. at me. Yeah. Uh, components. Um, there's a lot of them, <laughs> but, but they are, but they are nice. Uh, we got the good card stock, the nice thick tiles, the wooden components. They're great. Um, my, I have a, I have a complaint here about the fiddliness of, of, of the components. And this could be an issue for some people. Um, first the, the, the little wooden discs on your player boards, which I might add at setup, you have to stack in 12 stacks of two all over and 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 um if you're clumsy like me sometimes um these can get knocked over and and you don't know what you, you can't remember what you've unlocked and what you haven't unlocked and stuff like that so 
Um, this is a complaint that I had about when I did underwater cities because it does the same thing oh, where you upgrade yeah, your yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. You upgrade your buildings. You have to stack them on top, but you bump. You accidentally just do a little bit of a bump or something. They fly over. I don't know why Euro games keep doing this. <laughs> it's a dexterity <laughs> but, game too. So um, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that. The setup of this game is a bear. <laughs> I'm going to put it that. You have to put all those influence cubes onto their appropriate spots on the, at the top of the board. You have to shuffle the, com- the, the combat tiles. You have to shuffle the quest tiles. There's three separate decks of cards that you have to <laughs> shuffle. And, and one of those decks of cards, you only use 40 out of like what seems like a bazillion cards in that particular deck. That's good, though. That's a good thing. So that you, uh, so you, so you have your deck A, you have your deck B. Sometimes you might have some deck C cards, and you have to shuffle them all together. Um, and then to tear down the game, well, you got to sort them all out afterwards. And they're very kind of, I don't know for me, they're hard to distinguish because they're a different kind of brown around the edge of the card, and that's what distinguishes it from one deck from another. So that's oh, the, just a little the ropes. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's that's just a little component thing that, you know, kind of bugs me. Uh, rule book, it's actually pretty good. Um, it does a nice job outlining the flow of return. This is a much different rule book than uh, Great Western Trail. <laughs> that's a and good thing. That it, it, it actually outlines the flow and what you need to be able to do for every action. But at the same time, it has the flaw that it's quite wordy. Um, and I I don't know how you get around that though with a complex game like this. It, it, you're going to need lots of description. Um, so I'll admit that I did not learn this game from the rule book. Um, <laughs> I, I watched, I watched the John gets games do his run through first. And then I read the rule book to reinforce yeah. um, some, some of those, some of those ideas mainly because I, I don't know. It's just, I do that method a lot. It's, it's, it's so, it's so there's so many, there's, it's so long. I got the rule book right here. How many pages is this baby? Whoops. Uh, where are you Oh, I don't even know. We got it's large. Let's just say it's It's, large. Yeah, it's a it's a long rule book. Just so the listeners know, Ryan was also trying to get out of teaching us the game by sending us the link to the rules videos as well. Yeah, yeah. Like, what is what was that? Said no, you're teaching me the game. Come on. Unfair yeah, unfair is that was that was our previous uh discussion too. I was like, Oh, I wonder what Ian would have to say about this if I sent him the link. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, let's play Mary okay. Kaiba. I'll teach it to you. Here's the link. You can learn it yourself. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Let's talk about that gameplay. Yeah. Um, this is where Mark I will really shine, <clears throat> in my opinion. I'll caveat this though. Um, once you know what you're doing, which I think I'm comfortable at this point, um, this game flows beautifully. But those first games where you're trying to figure out what the heck you're supposed to be doing, it's going to be a rough time. And the game is going to take a long time to play. Pulling levers um, and pushing buttons. Like I said, if you play heavier, more complex games, which I kind of tend to gravitate towards nowadays, you're going to pick up the flow and synergies of this game after a game or two. Um, I play, I play lots of these styles of games. And so um, now I don't need to reference the rule book anymore. But this is a complex, deep game. And there's a lot of little intricacies and things that are going on that... Um, if you're if you're not into complex games, you you're you're going to struggle a little bit in the beginning with this one. But I find that uh, 
finding the synergies is what's appealing to me in this game. Yeah. Uh, the card and the card play and tableau building. This this has been done before though. Um, unlocking special abilities that's been done. Gaining influence on tracks that's been done. But like I said with Great Western Trail, this all co- is all one nice cohesive package again. Yeah. Alexander Fister is I think the master of taking a whole bunch of little blending. Intric- little intricate mechanisms and blending yeah. them together into like a, a nice gameplay experience. Yeah. I liked, we, we talked about this already. I liked that movement of one to seven <laughs> spaces. This is pretty neat because the players dictate the pace of the game in the game round. Some players may choose to move slowly, taking more actions. <clears throat> we can talk, about the, gas, the... <laughs> we can talk <laughs> about the gas pedal later. We'll yeah, no, just race around. I know. We, yeah. I know we, we talk about the NOS kit later yep. on. Yeah. Like I said, some may move fast <laughs> and skip to the end of the movement track very quickly, denying other players the potential of taking more actions. Come on, you got to so keep you, up. You have to uh, consider that when you're kind of planning out your round and who you're playing with. <clears throat> yeah, but Ian, you were right there beside me, though. That's true. Yeah. Um, but quite a bit of variability <laughs> in the cards that are selected game to game. Like I said, you've got that massive stack, but you only select 40 cards to mix in with the kind of like the base set cards. That's quite a neat. And then there's different city tiles that are randomized on the board. The variability is quite high in this game, I think. This episode is proudly supported by Mr. Dice Guy online board game retailer located right here in Saskatoon. Mr. Dice Guy is always stocking the hot new titles, as well as restocking all-time favorites. They even have a ding and dent section for previously played titles. They offer free shipping across Canada on all orders over $200, or free local pickup if you're in the Saskatoon area. Check them out at MrDiceGuy.com. Saskatoon's Mr. Nice Guy is Mr. Dice Guy. Yeah. However, yeah. what I have found, which is, a, which is something the most beautiful thing that I think about this game, is the story mode. This is kind of cool. So this is something that Alexander Fister is no stranger to at this point. It's, uh, it, it's the, it's, but I think this is the first game that he's done it the best in. That's, mm-hmm. gonna be my, that's my opinion. Story introduces story quests and that you need to fulfill them in order to progress the story. And at the end of the round, something in the world of Maracaibo is going to change. Most notably, it's going to change locations on the board and, and give you new quests or objectives that you need to complete in order to progress the story. This is really, really kind of cool because it changes the board state a little bit. So in some locations, you have to stop in, much like the Great Western Trail, like the hand stops and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah, you have, you have to stop. Or some paths are now going to require more movement points in order to go down those paths. Or some locations now have quests on them. Um, and they're, 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 they're not something you want to ignore. They actually reward you very, very nicely to, to completing these story quests or the, uh, in some of these things. So very much worth pursuing. The story mode is really kind of cool. Um, we're into chapter three. Of, I think it's a 10 chapter, 11 chapter uh, story. So Cool. It's kind of cool. I'm not going to say anything about the story. It's actually kind of neat. I'm invested in this story now. (laughs) Okay, let's get to my conclusions. There's a lot to like about Maracaibo. There's very solid design by a designer that I pay attention to when he releases new games. Um, 
Is there anything unique about Maracaibo? No. <laughs> Tableau building and finding synergies between cards. I have terraforming Mars and underwater cities. Like those are great Tableau building games. Yep. Um, unlocking player board special abilities. I've got Scythe, Great Western Trail, Gaia Project. I, I got those things. Moving up on tracks to gain points. Mombasa, Coimbra. I've got these games. Why am I drawn to Maracaibo? And it's that thing that I said. He's the master of meshing all of these things into one complete package. It's so cool. And I'm going to say this here. Um, I think as of right now, this is Alexander Pfister's magnum opus. This okay. is his game. This is his game. And it's too bad that it's so complex. It, there's going to be a lot of gamers that are going to miss out on this game because of how daunting or complex this game looks. Um, okay. um, I think this is his best game to date. And I own all of his other games except for Blackout. Uh, Blackout Hong Kong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Subtitle. <laughs> I will argue that the story mode is the best way to play this game. All the little things that it adds without complicating the game any further is another reason what makes me keep coming back. It's not legacy, so you can just play it over and mm-hmm. over, or you can pick and choose chapters to play. I do get hung up on the fiddliness of the components. That's a that's a drawback. But uh, uh, if there's only a way, there's only a way to fix it. I, oh wait. Yeah, there is a way to fix it. You have to buy an insert, which I did. <laughs> uh, so here I go. Move over Great Western Trail. You're getting bumped to the middle shelf. Oh! Maracaibo, Mar- Maracaibo, you're now in the place of Great Western Trail in my mind. You're on the top shelf. Oh, just because the cows don't have a backstory. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. And if he comes up with a, if he comes up with an expansion that adds the story mode to Great Western Trail, we might have a fight on our hands. I'm gonna write a city slickers module to Great Western Trail. <laughs> oh, that sounds awesome. Dibs, I, I got dibs. Yeah, yeah. I want that. So I got a couple things to say. Sure. Okay, first, first of all, let's let's introduce the fact that we, as a trio, we played this just recently. That's, that's what I was gonna say. We oh, okay, actually, sorry. All three of us played yeah. this together. Also, I want to say Blackout in Hong Kong fixes that really easily. Just put in Blackout in Hong Kong. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, we all play this together. I actually personally, that idea of the assistants making a special spot for you and you alone, I think that's unique. Now, that might be just because I, I personally haven't seen that anywhere, but I think that's actually a pretty... Oh, the, the, at the islands where you can stop off and, and yeah, get, where yeah. you put your people there. Yeah. And yeah, well, I mean, that's that would kind of like be like a building, right? I mean, that's your building. Yeah. That's right. That's what Ryan is saying. Is actually, yeah, yeah. he says it is similar to Great Western Trail with the buildings, but I found a lot of DNA of Great Western Trail in this game and not necessarily like, you know, trying to like camouflage it, but, but that whole, like Ryan said, it's like, uh, um, taking, taking that, that, mixology and going all right let's let's get this feel of mixology and 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 go and yeah we're not going to do adapted to marry because we said uh what were what were some of the other ones uh with the tracks um uh, mombasa is mombasa very- is, a, is an alexander fister design and yeah. he has like where you we have those influence the, Spain, tracks with the different in the different companies yeah yeah and yeah. So that, and to me that that stock um track was very reminiscent of the spain france and uh 
England. Uh, England tracks, right? Yeah. Um, the uh, the what was the bottom of the board? The movement. Where, the, yeah, that the, exploration the, track. To me, that was like the train, right? Trying if you mm-hmm. can push your train down, it, it's beneficial. But that's not the be all end all of the game, right? Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, saw, I, I saw a lot of really good DNA in this game. Yeah, there's a lot of people that have compared Mark Ibel to Great Western Trail in in in, in those in those regards and, and right and rightfully so that there, there is like you said but i think he took what he developed in a in a, in a smash hit of great western trail mm-hmm. where i'm not poo-pooing on great it's a fantastic game yeah. it's not it's ranked number 10 right now on bgg yeah, overall for a reason yeah for, yeah for a reason it's a solid game yeah. um so when i played this this week too i played my archival a whole bunch of times i played great western trail a whole bunch of times and i found after i've played i played the two back to back i found great western trail uh as a complex game as it is, I found it as a lighter experience, like a lighter gameplay. Okay. I, I didn't, I found my decision spaces in great Western trail, um, much more limited than I was in, in Maracaibo. Okay. And that's because in, in great Western trail, I was only able to move as long as it's upgraded. I can move a maximum of five spaces, but for most of the game, I'm only moving one, two or three spaces. And so my actions are kind of already dictated. Whereas in Maracaibo, having to move one to seven spaces all the time, yeah. I was f- more free. And, and to, to leap off that, what I thought was very interesting too is in Great Western Trail, once you get to a delivery, you, you, that round doesn't stop. You just keep ringing the bell, ringing the bell, and yeah. that, advances, that advances its own kind of end-of-game timer. But I really like Maracaibo where it was like, you get to the end of this track and you ring that bell, it's done. Everybody gets one more turn. It, it's yeah. So so that one round where he, where you were like, whoa, 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 what are you doing? Take, whoa, whoa, right? And it was because I had that special power of if I move so many spaces, I get three village actions. Yeah, you upgraded Plus, your village oh, yeah. actions ratio. So every, all of them, all of these little timing, and I was doing the uh, the deliveries, I think, or the um, the quests. Yeah. Yeah. So it, everything worked out. I'm like, I'm stepping on the gas. And then I think once Ian saw that well, I came around the corner and I was going to step on the gas, he was like, I'm right behind you. And, yep. and that's Let's when you had those, the dust. Yeah, that's when Ryan had uh, started dropping his villagers on his island and was like, you got no time to stop, buddy. We're going. No pee break. Up. There's no I, pee breaks. Let's go. <laughs> one island, one island with three, three uh, assistants on oh, it. Oh yeah. It was a difficult choice for you too, wasn't it? Yeah, every time I stop that, I'm like, oh, which one of these three do I activate? Uh, you can only activate one of them. But for the other ones that you don't activate, you actually get victory points if you don't actually end up, end up and activating get them. left behind. That was, uh, to me, that was, that was fun because it was sort of like, oh, my, because typically in Euros, there's n- not really a take, there's no, you don't see that much take that. But to me, this wasn't really a take that. This was, hey, guess what? I'm uh, I'm I'm forcibly making you hurry up because if you yeah. don't, and I like I liked Ian's comment is like after that round you're like Ian's like okay next round let's not go so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I ran out of money. Yeah. And I said okay, and I came out of the gates with a move of seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are you're talking about Fister's different other games and how they're similar, and I definitely think he's got an MO, right? Like you can tell one of his games when you're playing it. And I think it's because he's got all this desperate part, disparate parts that come together. I don't know that they mesh as well as you guys say that they do though. I, 
Oh, I'm cool. not feeling that. Counterpoint. But this is, keep in mind that I've only played Miro Kaiba once. I've only played Great Western Trail once. I've only played Mombasa once. I definitely felt that with Mombasa. I thought that it was just a lot of different pieces. Mm-hmm. And I, I can see, I definitely feel those pieces as being different pieces. I don't, I'm not sure I see mm-hmm. the melding of them as, as much as you guys do. The moment that you said pieces got me thinking about like a Vital Lacerda game. He's got See, a lot of these peripheral pieces that you need to have these things like a, like a puzzle see, box I was actually, lined up and click, right? Yeah, and I was actually going to think, I was thinking about that. I was thinking of Vinos, and I'm thinking Vinos has a crap load of pieces as well. But I actually think, I like the way that he blends them together. Like, I really think that all that all comes together as a key, cohesive whole. I understand um, Vital's brain. Yeah. yeah. I think that this is almost there, but I'm not quite sure it's on that same level as as of Lacerda. Oh no, these 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 are not on the yeah, you know, I agree completely one hundred percent with that. Lacerda is almost like you, you gotta follow a formula in order to try to to try to figure out the puzzle of okay, I need to do this. Then I need to do this, and that's going to ultimately result in me being able to do this. Yeah, <laughs> backwards, right. backwards yeah, engineer yeah, your yeah. first move. <laughs> yeah, cool. But because I think with Vino specifically, it all goes back to the wine, right? It's all centered around the wine, and so everything fits towards that main goal of making the best wines you can. And that makes sense. We to should you. talk about though with this game because all three of us played it. And we were within three Ooh, points of each other. We were, right? yeah, our final results. And we were not really doing the same thing. No. Like no. I was doing that exploration track and you guys kind of just stopped doing that at one point. I was last I was, on that track. I was pushing that, right? I decided, hey, I'm going to go heavy on that. And Ryan, you were going heavy on, actually both of you were going pretty heavy on the the military track right the england france spain track only because it was connected to my end of game victory point card yeah right that to me that was the only reason that there, that, there yeah was that no... was another thing that i haven't brought up that those are there are um four end of game victory point cards that you can invest in mm-hmm. uh in, in in gameplay and we all kind of invested in those in the I think we, I think later we all rounds. maxed out our strategies. Like we all did very well yeah. in our strategies. Like you said, you, Ryan yeah. won, and then there was a there was a space, and then there was me, and then you. So, no, we, no, yeah. we we went we went bang bang bang. Oh, we were one two three, weren't we? Yeah, 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 yeah that's right. Yeah, it was very very close game, cool. and it's not like so, it's not like a twelve point game. It's like a hundred and some points, and we were still within three points. So that's, I think that's a sign of a nice, um, balanced game with different strategies yeah yeah and at that time too that was both of your first plays and that was only my second play of, of mark i at that time so we were all relatively newish yeah, yeah. i played that game again absolutely cool yeah. cool so as alexander fister episode wasn't it mm-hmm. it was yeah i brought room service and then yeah great western trail mark Ival. um this is a designer. People pay attention to when he comes over, the new, which he does have a new game coming out. And he's got a great um, track record too. Yeah. But he says he puts in his new one. It's called, I think it's called Cloud Age. Oh, that's right. It's yeah. coming out from Capstone. But he says he's putting it more on a weight level of like, he went on, it's unquote, he putting Cloud Age on a weight level of like wingspan. He's like, it's like a wingspan family weight. Okay. So type, it should uh, win the best dungeon diver. 
Oh, me, sorry. <laughs> It'll win the okay. best podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, if you've made it this far, you've made it to the end. Uh, thank you so much for uh, listening to us. Uh, I am your host, Norm. I've been Ryan. I'm Ian. And we'll catch you later. We are Bridge City Board Gamers, and you can find us on Twitter at BC Board Gamers, on Facebook, Bridge City Board Gamer Community, and on YouTube at Bridge City Board Gamers. You can also find us on BGG Guild Number 3039. Thank you.